Welcome everybody to your, well, it's not your favorite day of the week, it's Thursday, but we're close. I like, I like Thursdays. Thursdays are all right. I, I don't, I, I actually, I actually used to really, really like Thursdays because they used to basically be the end of my work week. Okay. And then, so like, I would just immediately hop into Friday mode as soon as I was done with whatever I had to get done on Thursdays. Now, because of this show, my, and my weekends on Fridays. And it's totally worth it. It's worth the extra. It helps that we, you know, we usually have a cocktail during. Right. We basically make Friday Friday morning. morning. We basically make Friday morning, (laughs) Friday, early afternoon for you. We basically make that the weekend anyway. So (laughs) because we're doing this on Thursday. And by the way, I could still use I'm going to use that Willy Wonka joke from last week. I need new material. Uh, But it like basically so Thursday just rolls into Friday, which rolls into the weekend anyway. So I think we're good. Yeah. Although, did you see? Did you see that thing about uh, the NBA, the 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 best show oh, actually goodness. on television? The uh, you know inside the NBA, uh, the TNT. Apparently, they're kind of punting on it until the N- uh, NFL season is over. So that's, that's interesting. That makes yeah. Thursday less my favorite day. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I don't. I'm. You like that show a lot more than I do. I think you look at the show completely differently than I do. I do. Um, which is like you know you look at it purely from entertainment I correct kinda, i just think a show with that big a platform could also be like you could have like a segment where somebody who actually knows what they're talking about hops on there and, and describes not, the nba but not but, not with those guys you can't i don't know that's too bad but anyway yeah it. like you're you know what that's what they get they're being moved to Tuesdays because they <laughs> well, thank, thank god that means we probably don't have to have any more players only because that is horrific <laughs> And I by the way, can, a little can we ago. speak on the fact, have you changed your angle on the Zoom here or <laughs> where, 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 where is your, where, where's Avery Mountain? What's going on? This is throwing so, me off. All right. So two things happened over the course of this week. One, we got uh, a bit of uh, news regarding the content that we're going to be producing here for Silver Screen and Roll that I am really, really excited about. Um, I'll have more details. We're not going to share. Uh, not gonna, we're not going to share it with the people quite yet. Yeah, I got. We just. I just now know definitively that it is definitely happening, and so I am really excited over the next couple of weeks to to start rolling that out. But um, so that like so it requires like me being on camera, and you can't have Avery Mountain when I'm on camera. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then the other one is that. I just uh, helped. I'm not going to say who was doing the documentary because I don't know what they want out there publicly. But sure, um, I just did uh, an interview for a, a Kobe documentary. And again, if I'm going to be on camera, <laughs> yes, I, I can't have I can't have <laughs> Avery Mountain that that little uh, cat piano that I had the other indeed. Day. <laughs> oh, and but you do have what you do have for for. For all of our wonderful listeners, and, and thank you for making this show a success and the whole feed a success to all you listeners out there. Uh, but what you do have in the background that all of our wonderful listeners can't see is you have like a Kobe backdrop. So that's that's perfect for for yeah. such things. What are you what are you sipping on? Speaking of because we Thursday Friday is Thursday yeah. or Thursday is Friday or whatever. What do you what are you sipping on? Today I went just whiskey ginger. You know, okay. Last night's last night's game kind of upset my stomach a little bit. Yeah, and I was just yeah. kind of you know I I needed I needed oh, something yeah. to, alcohol to will settle you. And, yeah, well, it's like I ginger ale. It's it's, ginger it's, it's supposed yeah. to be settling. Hey, by the At way, least, I saw somebody black people, tweet black out. people think that ginger ale will fix anything. By the way, Mexicans too. I am broken very bone, much broken bone ginger ale. 
<laughs> a little stomach upset, ginger ale. Terrible yeah. Lakers loss, ginger ale. <laughs> I guess this makes me black. How about that? Uh, but, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, brother. Uh, I get a plate brother. of the barbecue. How about that? Uh, yes, you do. What do you what, what as long what are you bringing though? Uh I'll bring some and by the way, in. and by the way, it's a cookout. But yeah. um, yeah, what are you bringing? Oh yeah, I guess it is. See, we See, got actually, we got to figure out what you're bringing though. Can I bring carne asada? Or is like does that? Yeah, but that, that kind of that kind of messes it up though. That's because... a protein, right? Like it no, makes no, no, it difficult. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, but when when when, when your people eh, yeah, okay now you got any Hennessy? Uh, <laughs> when 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 your people uh, are inviting generally the white people to yeah. you know you're bringing them in. You call it a carne asada, right? So like, yeah. so if you're bringing carne asada to the cookout, I mean, sure. You know what? Yeah. Sure. Well, um, I mean, I'm also I'm also bringing the best of what I offer here. That's like, right. I'm, yeah, fair enough. Like, I I know my strengths. Unlike you know some Lakers, I know my strength. That, well, that yeah. like, you know what's funny? <laughs> what it's makes so, me a good basketball player? So yes, right. Uh, that's what I used to always tell the guys: is basketball is like life. Do what you do well, and stay away from the rest. Uh, so I am a little like behind the curtain here. Uh, my mom is in town visiting uh-huh. me. Shows shout out mom. She's actually saving this. Uh, she asked me this morning uh, when this was, you know, do you think, do you think you can get the episode up by tomorrow morning? <laughs> so shout out Anne. And I said, yeah, I'll probably come out, come out today. And she goes, oh, I'm saving podcasts for, she's driving back to San Francisco tomorrow morning. So mm-hmm. hi mom. Uh, I don't know where you are. Maybe you're on the grapevine as you're listening to this, but hi mom tomorrow on Friday. Uh, but so my mom's favorite thing when she comes to visit is going to Costco. She always, every time she comes to visit, she wants to take me to Costco. And I'm literally about to take my mom to Costco right now. I'm so, not even, I'm not even joking. So mom, so uh, in the Costco trip, I bought a, uh, or mom bought me, I guess, a uh, 1.75, you know, the handle, the handle of crown. And after last, between last night's Laker game and uh, this show today, the question is, am I going to get through all 1.75 liters before the day is out? <laughs> Brown and ginger is a completely underrated beverage. I know so, people like my father-in-law drinks it straight. When I have mm-hmm, with my father-in-law, mm-hmm. I have it straight with him. But like crown ginger with like a splash of lime is is delightful. It is very, very, very tasty. But all right. So today's show. We are going to react to the game that is forcing Aaron to drink a full handle of Crown. We are going to laugh at the rule changes and laugh at James Harden because who doesn't want to laugh at James Harden? Always fun. <laughs> Always fun. And then uh, we are going to let that lead us into some of the early season surprises from uh, that we've seen over the first you know week or so. And then this week's story time because of the loss that the Lakers took last night. Uh, Aaron is going to tell the story of the uh, the worst loss that he was there for. So plenty of stuff to get to. Let's start with that game last night. Um, without getting you in trouble, how many of the Lakers can they trade and how soon can that happen? <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> That's where we're starting this morning on this, on this fine Thursday morning. Uh, well, you know, uh, the, the, the NBA calendar is, is back to normal. So the trade, yeah. de- trade deadline is, is in February. Yep. And, That's uh, I'm gonna and, say and on December, that. December, uh, 15th is, is when recently signed free agents can be traded. Those of you interested recently traded for players, however, slightly different set of rules there. 
Don't know uh, why I would mention that. I have no idea why I would. You know, it's not like LeBron has a track record of sending his best friend who he just recently acquired back to Miami. That's never happened before. You know what? Ever. <laughs> so okay. Last I uh last night. Here's here's the thing. Uh here's my take on last night. Yeah. Um the Lakers without uh without LeBron are not good enough or talented enough to flip a switch, to turn it on, turn it off, turn it back on. Um so the Lakers are significantly better than than OKC. I was I was I was texting with people I go to last night uh during the game with with let me say this. I'll put it this way. People I go to Lakers games with, part of the the group that I go with, sit with, um, about the game last night. And what I what I said was, I cannot fully explain to you how bad OKC is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have frankly a probably a bottom two or three roster um in my lifetime that I've ever yeah. seen. They are actively trying to lose. Now, players, players are not going to tank. Players are going to try. Although um, organizations, game, what's that? The end of that game, I might argue. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, uh, <laughs> they were trying. The eight, eight seconds, right, and then couldn't get the ball in and throw it perfect in inbound yeah. pass to Melo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was not great. Uh, well, actually, it was great. It gave the Lakers <laughs> opportunities. It was hilarious. Um, so okay, OKC is awful. However, they are made up of. NBA guys kind of um and NBA guys are that good and you cannot fake I, I say this in, in the playoffs a lot like if if somebody loses of a home team a favorite loses an opener or some team goes down 2-0 and then you go for game three whether whether it's the favorite that is one and you're going back to the underdog or either way you cannot, it's human nature. You cannot fake desperation. You cannot fake motivation. And so, especially because the Lakers are made up of so many guys that have accomplished so much in the NBA, when they're, when you're playing a team like OKC, who is as bad as I just described, and who I think is probably still in play for the worst record ever. Once you once you get that kind of a lead and it feels like one of those kind of days, I think it was 41-19 after the first, it is human nature to kind of take your foot off the gas, especially if you are as accomplished, right? And and Mello and Dwight and DJ and Russ and Ronda. I mean, these are all Hall of Famers. And without LeBron, the team is just not good enough or talented enough to flip a switch. And so once that motivation kind of falls off, it is really, really difficult to get it back. You can't fake desperation. You can't fake motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lakers, who are not a good defensive team, we can get into that. Once, uh, you know, is, I think it's Mark Jackson that says, like, you know, like, like once the house is on fire, right, you better get the women and children. Like, by that time, it's too late. And mm-hmm. so because the Lakers took their foot off the gas and because the Lakers are not particularly good defensively anyway, once OKC started rolling, look, these are NBA guys for the most part. I mean, some of them are fringe NBA guys that OKC is playing, but they are talented players. Yeah. And once those guys, once guys like that get rolling, right? And, Especially and started guys. getting rolling in the second quarter. And then, you know, in the third, I think made eight of 12 threes. Like anybody in the NBA can do that if you're not guarding. And mm-hmm. once that momentum starts, starts snowballing, the Lakers just couldn't get it back because they're frankly not good enough without LeBron, not talented enough without LeBron 
to be able to flip that switch. Uh, I think there are some systemic defensive issues, which we can talk about if you want, but I think it wasn't about LeBron yesterday, LeBron not playing. I think that's the right choice. And I think Anthony Davis playing in the second night of a back-to-back, which OKC was after he had that scare in San Antonio, I, I think that meant that, you know, that AD is hundred percent. We have no concerns. Cause I think if there's any concern, you hold AD out also and assume you can probably win anyway. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think yesterday was more about the Lakers just taking their foot off the gas and lacking motivation and thinking, okay, sleepwalking, we've got this. And then not being able to flip the switch back. I think I'm not disagreeing, but I think that short sells some of the, the constructual issues with, with the Lakers roster. Like, I mean, that's true too. Yes. When they were, when they were playing down the stretch, you either, you either have to, you know, sell out for defense and put Dwight in there and maybe Avery Bradley and Kent Bazemore, right? Or you have to sell out for offense where you go Monk and Mello and and mm-hmm. and 80 is in there at the five. And and like there is no there is no like tread water team when LeBron is out. Like when LeBron is there, like the the mellow spot, I think LeBron Mello A D minutes so far this year have actually been pretty good. They like have they've, yeah. they've statistically they've actually, they have been good, yes. Yeah. And and um now, when you add Russ to that equation, the number goes down. And then if you add like Rondo for whatever reason to that equation, it really, really goes down. But like if you mm-hmm. have like I think a, a perfectly viable lineup there is uh, Russ, Bazemore, uh, LeBron, Melo AD. Like that, that's a team that pretty easily handles OKC, switches the momentum and does what they have to do to win. What I was what I was actually made kind of nervous by was even even acknowledging that the Lakers have issues that make it so that they cannot just kind of take their foot off the gas against anybody, right? They can't do that against OKC. They can't they can't do that against anybody. But their attempts to get back you put their foot back on the pedal were just brutal to watch. It was Russ in isolation going for mid-range jumpers. It was AD posting up with nobody moving. I don't know if I saw a screen happen in the second right. in, in the uh, in the fourth quarter off the ball. Like it right. was just the like if they're if they were able to acknowledge, you have to be able to acknowledge the problem, right? Like obviously, if you have a 26-point lead and it turns into an almost double-digit uh deficit, there's a there's a problem to acknowledge there. And I would imagine at some point they did. But the way that they went about trying to find the solution or, or the solution that they came to was just like, what are you doing? So like none, of, none of what you're trying to do makes any sense here. Two, so two things. Part of that, I think, just is the motivation, right? I talked about being able to like flip the switch. Without LeBron, I don't think the Lakers can flip a switch. They don't, there's no switch to flip. Um, so that's part of it. And what I mentioned before, you can't, make, you can't fake motivation and you can't fake desperation. Mm-hmm. But I think another part of it is this was, I don't know, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, uh, three weeks ago, a month ago on, on the show, on the hook, uh, we talked about what could be learned in preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about, you know, what can we learn from hopefully seeing Russ and, and LeBron and AD all together. And I said, I don't really think much of anything because there aren't enough the preseason is not these guys that have played so much basketball and are so accomplished are not going to feel stressed enough 
to learn anything. And the reason I said that was because the things that are going to make you discover who you are and if any of this can work and if you can change your habits is when you get stressed, right? When the live bullets are flying and when you get mm -hmm. stressed. Um, and so when the Lakers got stressed yesterday, we, we saw that they, at least for now, fell into Russ specifically fell into those old habits. And, mm -hmm. um, that's why you saw the 10 turnovers. That's why you saw the pull-up jumpers. That's why you saw the threes. Um, that's why you, I mean, you, we've seen throughout the season, a lot of the inattention defensively from Russ. So I, I, the combination of, you can't fake desperation, you can't fake motivation. And there are some stresses. Wait a second. We might actually lose this. Mm -hmm. Then you get the Lakers fell into individually fell into a lot of bad habits. Um, yeah. Some 80 jumpers, a lot of Russ doing Russ stuff mm -hmm. because this was like the, this wasn't the first moment of the Hell, season, even but, monk went full monk, right? Like where he did, yeah. he did like bad Charlotte monk where he takes that pull up 27 footer. So like big picture, are there concerns? Yes. Um, but again, like the, the proof of concept of all of this is kind of like LeBron and AD solve everything if they're healthy and fun. So Let's see. I, I don't know where LeBron is entirely physically. I'm not, I'm not on the trip, so I haven't talked to him. Um, but like, I still believe in LeBron and AD. However, I think there are some pretty bad indicators. I mean, the, the defense and AD talked about it after the game last night. Um, the offense has been okay. Um, even a little better than okay. The yeah. defense has just, the defense has just been plain, not good enough. Um, mm -hmm. And First ever five game stretch to open up a season, giving up 115 points or more. Yeah. I mean, it's just plain not good enough. Um, and I think like they're giving up the most points in the paint in the NBA. Um, they're not rebounding well. So I think it's a fair question about really like it may be time for AD to just, and, and by the way, like in, in the San Antonio game, Dwight and, and uh, Dwight and DJ played pretty well. They were uh, like a combined plus 16. They were pretty good. But if you are not going to dominate the glass um, and if you are not going to, and if you are not going to limit all the points in the paint, again, the Lakers are worse than the NBA. have given up the most points in the paint in the NBA. I don't know what, other than if AD just like, you don't think AD is going to hold up or he just won't. I don't know what the argument is for, playing two bigs together including ad because because ad is like it, it's it's not a small lineup right you can play ad at center and it is not a small lineup ad is like a prototypical center in the mm -hmm. nba at this point able He's, defending like a wing he can and and one argument in the championship year one argument that i kind of postulated for playing two bigs playing AD at power forward was the Lakers were leading the NBA at least early in, in shot blocking. Right. And there was a lot of AD, maybe AD is going to be the defensive player of the year, but one thing that AD can do, which all these other centers can't do, right. Whether it's go bear or Jokic or MB, like all the best center or cat, all the best centers in the NBA, AD can guard wings. And so two years ago, I was kind of in favor of playing AD at four because 
he could switch onto a wing, whether that was, you know, uh, Kawhi, whoever, mm-hmm. like, especially in the playoffs, he could switch onto a wing or Jimmy Butler or whoever. And then you still had with Dwight or with JaVale. And then with LeBron as a weak side defender, you still had rim protection and shot blocking. Um, but as evidenced by all the points in the paint, the Lakers aren't getting that this year. So I don't know. And, and you know, you can have AD guard those wings and maybe not force LeBron to do it in, in the moments that matter this year. It hasn't worked so far. And, you know, the offense has been okay, but the offensive spacing has not been. Yeah. I, I think one thing that has really hurt the Lakers so far this year has been eighties perimeter shooting, like his, his three point shooting, especially like if you're playing him at the five, you're hoping to gain spacing from like a floor spacing center, but he's shooting 25% from three. Well, but hold on. No, I mean, I don't know that you're AD as a shooter. AD is okay. Right. He's okay as a three point shooter. Well, not right now, <laughs> not no, 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 but I mean, like he's okay. like, but, but let's, let's make a distinction here between, what his actual percentage is and what his reputation is, right? Okay. His reputation is like, you're going to let him shoot threes, right? You're not going to like run him off the three-point line, but like, you're not going to just ignore him. As a four, there's nothing to that, right? Like as a four, he's a below average three-point shooter. As a five, he's probably above average as a three-point shooter. So the problem isn't what AD, his percentage, the problem is, if you have another guy that isn't going to shoot it, you know, in, in Dwight or, or DeAndre, then you're in trouble with the spacing. Right. But I'm, I'm saying that he has shot this poorly for long enough to where I'm wondering at one point, at what point we'll start seeing defenses stop, you know, stop fair, caring about fair, him. Fair, you know? and, and fair. And defense is about like, you can't take away everything. So it's about like the lesser of all the evils. Mm-hmm. And at this point, right. At this point, you'd rather, well, LeBron too, right? Like at this point, you'd rather LeBron or AD shoot jump shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, yes, I, I agree with you. But one thing I will say about, about scouting reports in the NBA is, you know, like media narratives, like this is a bad dude yeah. or what, mm-hmm. all of that. There's like a huge lag time, right? We can, yeah. we can have a bunch of new evidence that state, no, like maybe he's kind of a Kobe good dude. was an all NBA defender for like five years too long. Right. So exactly, exactly. Um, NBA scouting reports, much like narratives, like even in the face of new evidence, there is a huge lag time before people actually believe what their eyes are telling them. So I think there is still some time for like 80s fine, 80s decent as a three point shooter. Must we get, you know, he shot 148% from three in the bubble as like a little, I mean, everybody shot well in the bubble, but mm-hmm. that there's, there is still that that's like creeping in people's minds. So if AD like continues to be a 25% three point shooter, then yes. Um, but there, there will be some lag time and there is some time for him to get that back while the league is still guarding him from deep. I mean, like, again, you're not running him off the line, but like, all right, I'm not going to just say, go ahead. Yeah. The, the thing that, the thing that I just kind of keep coming back to is if Trevor Ariza getting hurt has this kind of impact on your roster, mistakes were made. <laughs> <laughs> My brother made like 15 years ago, my brother who now has two kids, my babies made for like my brother went to Michigan and he has a group of like 10 friends. So he made us all shirts that say mistakes were made that has like a little (laughs) stork on it, carrying a baby. (laughs) You know what? Next week, next week, I'm going to wear that shirt. Mistakes were made. Um, Yeah. You're not wrong. Um, 
that it's that's fair, right? But it's not just Ariza. It is Ariza and THT and Ellington, who's not going to guard anybody, um, and Kendrick Nunn, who maybe is an option defensively. Um, I like but- THT maybe less than most of Lakers Twitter, but I'm I'm really nervous about assigning hope to somebody as unproven as THT is. That's fair, but if you have four guys out, that's different than like an all like. But he's the only guy that they're saying can play wing. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. He's, he is like the, he is a wing sized guy, right? Him and Ariza are the like three fours that, you know, this is why there's so much mellow, mm-hmm. right? And this is why concessions are, are being made, right? There is the, the Warriors in, well, even before Durant, but especially with Durant, were the Hamptons five and the death lineup. The reason the Warriors, those Warriors teams were so good was because you didn't have to make those concessions, right? Like Steph's okay. Steph's fine defensively, right? Maybe slightly above average in total, slightly below average one-on-one. But their best offensive players were also the best defensive players. You didn't have to make any of those concessions. Mm -hmm. And this Lakers roster, you do have to make those concessions, right? LeBron, great defender when he cares. Great defender, great offensive player. AD, the same. Outside of that, it is like, you know, playing whack-a-mole, right? You're And Vogel's got to plug fingers in the dam. Yeah. Um, there aren't enough two-way guys. There aren't enough guys that are both, in the playoffs specifically, there aren't enough guys who are going to contribute on offense and defense. Yeah. That's fair. But that is, unless you're the 17 Warriors, that's what the NBA is. When you have this many, quote-unquote, superstars or max guys, the rest of it is is bargain bin shopping and frankly you're not going to get two way guys especially on the wing with minimum contracts no no you're not no absolutely not all right let's go ahead and move on i want to have a little bit more fun here because the more i think about that game the more i need a refill (laughs) um (laughs) let me go let me go see what that handle talking about (laughs) yeah um so rule changes the nba focused on non-NBA, non-basketball moves on offense that are uh, used to generate free throws. And the yes. point of these rule changes were to uh, stop guys from shooting 15-plus free throws and drawing this games to an absolute halt. And and I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, I, I think... I think the basketball is better, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the the there have been overcorrections, right? I think... Uh, continuation has really kind of suffered where we thought at one point a continuation was one thing and now it is no longer that thing. So I don't know if the referees are going to correct that overcorrection or if that is just the new status quo. Um, I'm fine with whatever it takes to get fewer free throws in the game. Like that, I, I, I don't think somebody should be considered an efficient player solely based off of their ability to get to the free throw line. And I think we're going to start to see way less of that. What I do want to do is laugh at James Harden. <laughs> because <laughs> that does, that is kind of always fun. Because like he, so he was asked after a game, I think was, this was now two games ago. Do you feel like you are being used as a target here? Unfairly right. targeted for, uh, for the way that the, the game is being called now to which I would say, I would argue He's more fairly targeted than any other player in the league, right? Because he was the patron saint of all of these moves. He's the guy 
who who created uh you know a a legacy for himself for his ability to get to the free throw line and game the system to get to that free throw line um what are you thinking of like how have you felt about the basketball that we have watched uh since these rules have been put in place and and also like do you think like we always see see this at the beginning of an nba season and then you know those focuses tend to fall right. by the wayside or whatever. Do you think this has a chance of sticking? Uh, yes, I do think it has a chance of sticking, not to the extent that it has so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there, I think we will move a little bit back more toward the grift. I, I like it's, it, it's called the James Harden rule, but I think it's a, like just the grifter rule. Like these yeah. dudes. Yeah. Also let's give a quick shout out uh, and let's make fun of Steve Nash, who I actually really like, who was complaining about yeah. it. And basically was instrumental in getting the rule established, um, be, you know, running his mouth about Trey Young, among yeah. others. And then when it when James when it is James Harden who's suffering the most, um, that's funny. But I, I I I like it. I mean, if you go around Twitter, you'll see a bunch of highlights. I mean, Harden's got a a bunch of them. Uh, Trey Young has a few. CP3 had one last night, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, Pat Bev, Steph maybe is suffering a little bit, although he's not like he's he's more uh, more of the st- the like sideways stuff and trying to draw bullshit fouls. Mm-hmm. He's more trying to draw bullshit fouls shooting threes. Yeah. Um, so Steph a little bit. I, I I it's just better basketball now. The scoring scoring is down. I think. But I don't think scoring is down. Scoring is down, comma. I think for the first time in like six or seven years. Yeah. Um, in the NBA, you know, it, it has, it has gone up every year and this year it is, it is down, but I do, I do agree that it's early and these rule changes that are, whatever they are, that are the focus of the league and officials are over the off season are like very specifically told to enforce this one thing. I think they do so, um, more excitedly in the first few games. I, so I think it will come back a little bit, but I think it's a really interesting question about Harden specifically. And then what that means for the nets who currently don't have Kyrie for who knows how long um, Harden kind of just looks ordinary. And I think it is a fair question. How much of that is he's not getting the grifter fouls anymore, right? He, he is uh, shot five or fewer free throws. This is the first time since 2011 he has mm-hmm. shot five or fewer free throws in five games in a row. So how much of it is that? How much of it is, frankly, he's just not in shape, right? Reportedly, his hamstring was was bothering him still into the offseason, so he didn't do a lot of work uh, in mm-hmm. the offseason. He's not one that tends to do a lot of work in the offseason anyway. He's, frankly, overweight. Um, says, like, hear <laughs> me and you talking about it by NBA, NBA player right. standards yeah like that's what um, would, I, yeah, I got so, somebody saying like stop fat shaming like zion williamson it's like i'm not fat shaming him i'm saying that his ability to do his job is impacted by the fact that he really 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 loves mountain dew yeah like, that's <laughs> oh one of my one of my favorite things that i usually can't participate in on twitter is when we uh shout out <laughs> shout out damon who's so good at this but he you know he'll like come up with a name for uh yeah you know he'll, he'll yeah <laughs> like <laughs> he'll like he, he he's he makes fun of of all kinds of of like rudy goberry calls him like escar's escargo is like right <laughs> yeah. so he uh 
And so I usually can't participate on this in Twitter. I mean, maybe I can, but um, so there are so many good ones about Zion, yeah. like Dikembe <laughs> Mogumbo. Um, so uh, Harden, I, I, I think it is a really interesting question about like, is he what, like how much of this is the rule change, right? The grifting, foul baiting, all of that. He's not getting combined with he's out of shape combined with maybe has he lost anything physically um maybe his hamstring isn't right maybe it's he's overweight maybe we're seeing him get old in front of our eyes because in addition to he's not getting all the free throw attempts he's not been able to really beat people off the dribble like he's done for so many years um which has been a real problem also in addition to all the foul baiting he used to always get to the rim because his handle is so good because he's so strong because he's so you know, because change of direction were reluctant to foul like they were trying to stay away from him because he right. was in the thought like he would grab you and, and it would be right. a foul. i mean there was uh, uh in houston i was a couple years ago three years ago maybe uh i was in houston with the lakers and after a couple of calls and then uh, i think it was in la the Lakers were furious with a bunch of foul calls. So we, and I say, I don't say we about the Lakers as playing. Mm -hmm. I say we in the travel, right? Cause I was there. So we went to Houston and Josh Hart and LeBron specifically a couple of times guarded Harden with their hands behind their back to, yeah. to make a point that this is absurd. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a very interesting question about Harden, like this diminishment is it something that is is temporary or are we seeing like the beginnings of Harden not being hardened anymore? I don't think he's going to, you know, I don't know what he's averaging, but last night he had 14, like six and seven yeah. on five of 14 shooting, I think in a couple free throws. So how much of it is his weight? How much of it is, has he maybe lost a step because he's aging? How much of it is he's just not getting the grifter fouls? I think that is a very interesting conversation. And especially without Kyrie, uh, Brooklyn looks very mortal to start the year. So we'll, we'll touch on Brooklyn here in a second when we, when we start looking league wide, but I think here with Harden, the theory that I have arrived at is he is somebody who historically plays, plays himself into shape, right? Like when he was but is he he, too old to do that now. Well, I, I think that's, that's also a fair question, but like when, when he was trying to get traded out of Houston, right? Those memes of him, like looking portly. Yes. We're, we're going around. Yes. And, and it was funny because, and then all of a sudden he lost like 30 pounds in a week. It looked yeah. like, but Brooklyn wears uh black uniforms, man. Black slimming. Thinning color, slimming, you know? yeah. yeah. Slimming color. But, but so uh, it was funny also like quick tangent rockets fans. When Harden was there, we're saying like, Oh, stop it. He's not that fat. He wears the padding underneath it. Da, 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 da. And then those same Harden fans this year are like, Oh my God, have you seen James Harden? <laughs> he always looked, he always looked like a quarterback that had a rib injury. He was wearing the rib protection yeah. pads. Yeah. But so, uh, but like my theory with Harden is that he is somebody who has historically tried to play himself into shape. Um, like, let's just be honest. Like he has, he has his Jersey retired in, in a Houston strip club. Like he, he enjoys partying. Like this is, this is widely known behavior that he has. And, and I'm not, that part, I'm definitely not shaming. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> How I'm hypocritical just, I'm, would I be? I'm pointing out. I'm just pointing out like the guy's habits Sorry, Mom, and his approach. <laughs> <laughs> what number would be retired? 
Uh, 12. 12. Oh, that was my number two. Yeah. 12. Um, so, so for, but for like Harden, I think he used free throws, especially early on in the season to continue to be efficient while he played himself into shape. And this year it was like a perfect storm of they're focusing on this. So they aren't going to call any of that whatsoever. Right. And, and so like, and he's out of shape because he thinks he, he would normally be able to play himself into shape. And on top of that, like you're talking about, he's older. He's not as young as he used to be. It's not as easy to, to lose pounds. I, I, I can speak to that person. <laughs> Who are you telling? <laughs> I actually tried. I played pickup for the first time in eight years, a yeah. couple of days ago, three days ago. My knee still looks like a grapefruit. <laughs> There's like, I can pick out any, you know, you know, it's bad. Here's an example of how bad and old and, and, and out of shape I am. And just like not an athlete anymore. We went, my folks are in town and, and they've been looking at houses and walking through like models and stuff. Cause, um, out here, it's tend to walk through models myself. <laughs> oh, that's a different conversation. Hey, hey, yo, back to that number 12. But so, Sorry, like, for, so for like, for, uh, when we're, we're, we're in these houses and we have a staircase that takes us from like our patio out back and it takes us down into our backyard. Mm-hmm. And every time I walk up and down that, that staircase, you make the old man grunts. Like, Oh, yep. Oh, yeah. That, 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 that's how somebody told me. That's how you know you're getting old is <laughs> the, the sound you make, uh, getting out, getting living. off the couch or sitting down on the couch. Like, Oh <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so Avery has heard me make those old man noises, walking up and down those stairs. I don't know how many times now. And, um, so we're walking, through these uh these these model homes and <laughs> Avery's going up these stairs and she's going oh because she's, she's at that age where she just impersonates everything that I do so I'm so washed that my, my I mean she my... needs it so she can climb Avery Mountain she's got to yeah. learn let's just sound like, like the yodeler on Price is Right I could get her to yodel I bet I could so but yeah I, I just think for Harden specifically. It's this confluence of events that just like, yeah, this is this is maybe how the season was always going to go at the beginning of it because of his approach to it, because of the league's approach to refereeing him, because of defenders realizing, holy shit, I can actually play defense on this guy now. And then on top of that, he's older. So like it, it which compounds everything. And and I, I, I'm with you. I think at some point we'll see him return to something closer to James Harden. But I don't think we'll ever see like peak efficiency james harden ever again yeah i think i think uh i think will james harden be an all-star i mean like even if he's not voted to the or you know if he's not chosen for the all-star team will he return to all-star level yes i'm pretty confident that he's going to be at least at that level but when will he be like pretty confident top, top whatever top three or five offensive player in the league james harden yeah i'm not sure that's ever coming back um, no. and, and the impact that has on the nets is fast. Yes. Especially without Kyrie, right? Yeah, because exactly Kyrie, when, when James got there, Kyrie deferred to him, moved off the ball, was playing two guard. And if James isn't able to create for himself and everybody else, um, as their point guard, that has real lasting implications because KD has been fantastic, you know, and now, and, and the other interesting thing is, does this kind of like strengthen the KD MVP argument, depending on how good Brooklyn is in the regular season, because we thought, Oh, he has way too much help. And now it doesn't really feel that way. 
Um, but KD, for as fantastic of a player as he is, is he the best or second best or third best player in the world? Uh, I, I believe he's the best scorer all time. But for all the assists that he gets, you know, he, he's, he gets four or five assists a night. But he is not one. He's not a great facilitator. Um, he is not one that gets stuff for everybody else. James does. Um, based, James is a fantastic, fantastic passer. And yeah. because he's breaking people down off the dribble so much, that collapses a defense. And he uses that passing to get uh, open threes for everybody, as he did in Houston, as he has done for, for Kyrie, for KD, for... Uh, Joe Harris, who hasn't made a three in a game that matters ever, but um, <laughs> for all those guys, and KD's not that guy, right? KD's going to ISO and he's just going to, you know, he's going to kill you death by a thousand paper cuts. So I don't, I thought going into the year that, that Brooklyn was a huge favorite to win the whole thing. And unless James, I mean, putting Kyrie aside, unless James gets back to a pretty close to, James Harden from the last, you know, six years level. I, I think, I, I don't even think Brooklyn is like, I don't even think they're in the top tier in the East anymore without I'm, like just with KD and with, with Harden, like he's really good, but not James Harden. I think Milwaukee is a heavy favorite against them. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who said, when the Kyrie stuff was going down that I thought Brooklyn could still win a championship without Kyrie there. Um, I, I was, agreed. I agreed with that. Yeah. And I, and that was because I was, I thought Harden would be like close to Harden again, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's not like he's <laughs> right now. He is no, not he close. No, and, he and so like, it just depends on how close he gets to Harden. But, but that was also, you know, it was Harden being, Harden, not close to Harden, but like literally James Harden, former MVP candidate, like somebody who um, was was like the 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 picture of efficiency for for a while. People were comparing James Harden seasons to Kobe and Dwayne Wade seasons, which like I mean to be that which was kind of fair, fine. yeah, I, which was fair, right? There was a season I literally I was like, is James Harden going to average forty for the year? Yeah, right. But like he, you know, that season he was probably taking like 13, 14 free throws a game, you know, yes. and, and and so. Uh, and the other and low you, key part of it is, uh, James is up there all time and three pointers made, and is up there like the top. However, the top like ten seasons or seven seasons in in threes made in NBA history is like, I think there's like five Steph, one yeah. <laughs> one Clay, a and one Harden. Yeah, but. It is because I think I think James was like third, third or fourth all time in makes uh, in in a season, but he's not a great three point shooter. He just has so much volume, right? He's like a 36 yeah. percent three point shooter, but he shoots so many of them that you go, oh, okay, he's making a bunch of threes, which is true. But if he's now not able to beat everybody and not getting to the line like that, and it's he's relying on the step back three more because that's physically what is most capable he's most capable of he's not like a great three point he's fine he's good ish but he's not going to just destroy you from three because he's not that good no yeah i don't i don't know what this does for for brooklyn's math that team was put like it was basically 
let's get as many shooters around those guys as we can to make as much space for those guys as we can and just punish teams for trying to overload that side of the court whenever those guys have the ball. If Harden is capable of being guarded by one defender, that completely alters yes. the, way, like the, the actual makeup of, of the Brooklyn Nets. Just like we talked a second ago about like how 80 at the five shooting 24% from three-point range alters his value potentially even at the five where it's not necessarily as overwhelming as it could be. Defensively, he's always going to be overwhelming there. But if offensively you don't necessarily gain the benefit that you might, then you have to like you have to kind of shift the makeup of the of the lineups around him. And so, yeah, I, this is <laughs> I I don't know what I'm going to do here with this with the with the math on this because we need larger sample sizes to be able to sure. to and to analyze any of it. But based on what we're seeing so far, like if I'm a if I'm a Milwaukee fan, if I'm a Miami fan, I love. Every single second. Oh of yeah, what I've Milwaukee's seen loving this, right? Yeah. Because you're two, you're two real challengers. There's just a lot going on. Um, yeah. Philly's a mess. Uh, and here we are talking about Ben Simmons and Kyrie again, right? Philly's a mess. Brooklyn is a mess with the Kyrie stuff, but now even more because James doesn't look like James. So yeah, you're right. Milwaukee is loving every second of all of this. Yep. Other surprises around the league. Uh, to me. It's wild. So heading into the season, I think the four kind of pseudo favorites were probably uh, the Lakers, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Phoenix in some order, I would say. Okay. I, I wasn't I think, as high on Phoenix, but that, yeah, but I think consensus would say, yeah, yeah consensus. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so far that group of four teams is below 500. Uh, yeah. I have the, what? I have the fewest concerns about Milwaukee out of that group. Um, yeah. Phoenix is one and three. Yeah. The Lakers are two and three. Yeah, Milwaukee by the way, Phoenix's, got... on, Phoenix's only win is beating the black off the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I said that. Yeah, you didn't. Um, <laughs> I yeah but I, like, I think... I'm just going to giggle. I'm just going to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Milwaukee probably has the, the fewest concerns. Yeah. Um, I just... I think it was kind of a confluence of of circumstances of events of good fortune etc that got phoenix where where they were i I don't buy phoenix um i so if we're gonna rank them who who do i feel best about of those teams uh it's probably milwaukee how about this milwaukee i feel best about phoenix i feel worst about actually Mm. um and the lakers and brooklyn you know whatever if you two three like I think Milwaukee's in a tier by itself. The Lakers and Brooklyn are in that middle tier together, put whatever you want. And then uh, Phoenix, just because I didn't buy it to begin with. So um, they've been, they, all of those teams have been surprisingly not great so far. Um, Chicago's been good. They haven't played anybody, but Chicago four and oh, and I think they have a 97 defensive rating. Again, they haven't played anybody. Mm-hmm. Um the Knicks, who are three and one, they play tonight. So we'll see. Although the Knicks are not like blowing the doors off of anybody offensively. Interesting. Charlotte has been a lot of fun. Cleveland has won three in a row, playing like eight, seven footers at all times. <laughs> Cleveland has been kind of fun. I think Evan I would Mobley bet Cleveland. Incredible. They, they play. They play the Lakers on Friday, right? Uh, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there. I, uh, and and beat the Clippers last night. Yeah. So think, let's uh, hope Cleveland has been. Let's hope I don't even know if Evan Mobley's too young to drink, but let's hope that uh, 
all the uh, let's ho- let's hope that Lowry Markinen is hanging out somewhere late tonight. <laughs> did you did you see did you see him punch one on uh, on Jokic? Ooh. You know what Ooh. we really should be focusing on this country is the is the just sheer amount of white on white crime. Mm-hmm. Is- <laughs> uh, Utah's undefeated. The Warriors are undefeated. Speaking of, no. um, yeah, I, I think I, I think for me, what I have been most surprised by is just the, the the crazy number of teams that like are extremely competitive against each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of I, there's more parity I think than we've seen in a long time. I, this I said is this not a typical NBA season. I think the I think the Kings might make the playoffs. I think the Kings make the playoffs. Dude, I, every you know, single night I'm looking at it like some other team. Like wow, Minnesota looks good. You know? Oh my God, look at. I think you the know, Kings make the play. I, I'm not buying Minnesota, but I think the Kings make the playoffs. Well, what we got to try to do is trade them Russ for Harry B in the healed. Tennessee is delicious. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I, I fired off that tweet last night after uh, Harry B hit his uh, his game winner in, Fe- mm-hmm. in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And, and like people were like, oh, stop it. It's only five, game, five games in. Russ is going to be fine or whatever, this and that. And I was like, oh, I'm totally joking. I'm 100% joking. Yeah, here. because that's Sacramento what... Sacramento wouldn't take the trade. Right, that's, that's <laughs> right. Because what Sacramento needs is another guard. <laughs> they have like, they have one of the best guard rotations in the league. That's what they need. Another guy that they have to fit in. Yeah. And and not just fit and, in, but just like... Fox like, and Halliburton yeah. and Davion and Buddy Heal. That's what they need. Yeah, Fox, that's what they need. Another guy to fit in. Yeah, I'm just trying to 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 bring Harrison's buddy heel trade to you know into existence. One of this is like a, a one of my favorite uh, NBA Twitter moments of ever, or like you know days of ever. Uh, and this was like some years back before like NBA Twitter was a huge thing. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a thing. So I mean, uh, Al Hassan did a thing. The the seventy three and nine Warriors when they lost to the Cavs and and Harrison Barnes was horrific that's i think that's one of the reasons why he is seen as a lesser player than he actually is is because for three games he was horrific in those finals and the warriors ended up losing but so amin sent out this thing to describe harrison barnes as like a movie title and it was i was (laughs) cackling for like 24 hours it was like it was chitty chitty clang clang oh no because he couldn't make a shot it was Oh, for 13 going on 30. It was, I mean, it was so, it was so good. Friday, the O for 13th. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, drive and miss daily. It was one of my favorite. It was one of my favorite days on NBA Twitter. It was so funny. That's amazing. Oh man. Now yeah, Harrison I, I, Barnes with the game winner last night. I'm happy he, Harry B is, is, uh, is, is still like, I still think he's, he's completely underrated as a player. He's a good player. Like, I, I, so far he's been one of the best players in the league. He might make the all-star game this year. Yeah. So here we are. Sacramento Kings wouldn't trade for Russell Westbrook. You know, that? the, uh, the four California teams, Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and Kings have never made the playoffs all in the, the same, same year. Time? Never. Hmm. Could it be this year? Could be now. I don't know if the Lakers get in. All right, let's go ahead and move on to uh, Tennessee is delicious. <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to story time. Wrap this thing up. Send people off. Not quite into the weekend. Almost to the weekend with story time. I want to hear about 
the, the worst loss that you have seen or been a part of or, or, or any of that in the NBA? Okay, so this is uh, three years ago. Uh, this is LeBron's, LeBron's first year uh, with the Lakers. And again, I don't say we for on the court stuff. Yeah. Um, but I do say we for travel because I put 55,000 miles on my body in, <laughs> in five and a half months or whatever it is. So we are in, um, in Indiana. Um, right before February 4th, get in. I go out to dinner. Actually hung out with, with BT. We went to St. Elmo's, had that, that, um, that shrimp cocktail, the famous shrimp cocktail. Let's say St. Elmo's in, in Indianapolis that true thinks is terrible. So let's make fun of true. It's, it's delicious. I, the place isn't, it's whatever, but the shrimp cocktail, so much horseradish, all the, all the sauce. It's like legendary. there, huge shrimp. So had I to have it. Was hanging this out with, was a famous thing. I didn't, I had it no is. idea about yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Shows how little I get to travel. I mean, and when you do is Indianapolis first on the list. Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay, I, fine. I, yep. Great. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm. I can't even name anything in Indianapolis right now. Well, say no So we're hanging out. Uh, I'm hanging out with BT Brad Turner. Shout out Brad. And uh, the night before the game. So this is February fourth. February fifth. You know the vibes around the team are not great because a lot of the young guys are in rumors. Right. This is the kind of the beginning of the Anthony Davis pursuit. Mm. So. Uh, the Lakers uh, in town. Now I'm remembering the game. Yeah, it ends. It ends up being a 42 point loss. And to be fair, it wasn't that close. Mm-hmm. Not that close. Yeah, uh, it is the Hashtag worst. Didn't lose by 50. <laughs> it is. I, the, the Lakers may have been down by 50 at one point. Oh, I'm sure they were. Yeah, but it is the worst loss of LeBron's career. Right, it's a 42 point loss. I think the Lakers have seven 40-point losses in their history. Um, that's one of them. So we are, we leave, okay, uh, excuse me, we leave Indiana uh, to fly to Boston mm. and uh, play in the Celtics next. And to be fair, though, the game in Boston, there uh, is that the one is, Rondo won? That's the one Rondo with the little game winner. Yes, Rondo mm-hmm. with the game winner. Yes. Um, dropping MFers to everybody within shouting distance. Yeah, mm. and by the way, shout out to uh, shout out Spectrum because they had they had footage of Rondo practicing that exact shot pregame, which was which was pretty cool. So they put them together. So shout out shout out everybody at Spectrum. So on the way from Indy to Boston, on the flight, basically not basically actually. Uh, <laughs> not basically, actually, Svi finds out that he gets traded. Oh no! He's, so we're on the flight, right? And on on the plane, <laughs> right? We get Wi-Fi, right? So everybody's on Twitter and texting and and whatever, right? Uh huh. So it kind of goes through the plane, the whole plane that that Svi has been traded, which the players sit up front and are kind of separated from everybody else. So I don't know what was going on, but I I imagine that like was kind of awkward so we yeah. get to we get to uh do you hotel. think that's more awkward for him or for his teammates gotta be a teammate i don't right? know. i mean yeah, rookie I, that you don't really care everybody about probably anyway. i mean i think it's probably awkward for everybody yeah um i don't know i don't remember who he was sitting like 
who sit like because on the plane there's kind of like people just have places where you sit so i don't know who sits next to him or around him so i don't know um but i would imagine it was awkward for everybody so we get to boston is probably to storage after they traded so this is so this is probably (laughs) we get to the hotel at probably like three o'clock in the morning uh after he's been traded Mm -hmm. and he doesn't know what to do (laughs) he like doesn't know if his room still works yeah and so they're like come on just no you'll be fine like you stay in your room right right and so uh we get in the elevator and he's like having a hard time because he goes like i don't know what to do right yeah no not to mention he's going from los angeles to detroit which is and he goes like detroit sucks and he goes yeah, but I like have stuff. Like, how do I do this? And I said, yeah. well, you'll be all right. And he says, okay, but like, I don't make that much money. So I got to like move all my stuff. Where am I going to stay? And I go, no, no, you'll be all right. Like, yeah, they'll get you. They'll put you up at a hotel until you find a place in Detroit. And a lot of people don't know this, but he, uh, but if you, if you get traded in the NBA, the team that you are going to basically has to pay for you to move. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's like whatever it's going to cost. I think it's like up to 50 grand or something that to like move all of your mm-hmm. stuff to uh, to your new city. So he goes like, I don't make that much money and I got to pay like, or do I buy new stuff or does my hotel, do I, I go just, <laughs> you'll be okay, man. Just go to sleep. Just go, go Old to your money room. Bag your room still work. <laughs> go to, <laughs> you'll be okay, man. And Detroit has to pay for you to, you know, They'll pay, put you up at a hotel forever long till you find a place and they'll pay for you to move all your stuff. You'll be, you'll be just fine. Uh, Everything's cheaper in Detroit anyway. Yeah. In fact, yeah. You and I, you and I are billionaires in Detroit. That's right. <laughs> uh, all of, by the way, Detroit best, uh, best media dining, best uh, before media dining. It's like a food court. They have all kinds of stations, best dining in Dang. the NBA. Um, so he like gives hugs to everybody. We go up in the elevator. We have this whole conversation. Literally have never seen that dude ever again. In my, well, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. I saw, him, I saw him and gave him a hug when he came back. I don't know. Was it with Detroit or maybe OKC? Um, but it was like, I was struck by, and then by the way, uh, Zoo got traded like two days later and we were still, I think we were still in Boston and, and uh, he got traded to the Clippers who were just, who were like one day behind us on the trip. So he didn't even, he had to change hotel rooms from the Lakers room to the Clippers room, but got to stay in the, the same hotel. Uh, so I was just like struck by how little, like after that horrific loss. And uh, I was struck by like a lot of the guys don't have, like if you're just new in the league, oh, you man. don't have like the full conception of what it, what it yeah. looks like to be an NBA player and you have to move. And it was, it was kind of sad because like, right. Yeah. Some of it, you're around all the time. And then all of a sudden he's just like, and you're gone. And then the Lakers win the game immediately after trading for him or trading him away. So like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That's time. probably maybe, maybe so, but uh, well, uh, zoo was traded that morning. So maybe not, I don't know. Zoo's zoo is a good dude and a really good player. Yeah, I would not I say the Lakers won that trade. No, um, but. No, it's, that's uh, that's that's one of those that like. I said, "What the hell are we doing? What the hell are we doing?" People said, "Oh, trust magic, trust magic, trust magic," and I said, "I don't give a who traded him. I don't care at all. It was a bad trade." Uh, but anyway, I digress. You have you have, you have uh, well, first of all, Hennessy is delicious. 
And second of all, you have proven to be correct, at least up until this point. You know, it's it's early to judge that move, but um, <laughs> so far, I would say. 13 years later. You know, we still got to judge still it. still early, you know. We got to figure this out. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of The Hook. Not quite this week's episodes of the uh, Laker, not, not the Laker, but the Silver Spoon and Roll podcast feed. We have one more guest coming up tomorrow. We have another lowdown. Uh, we have, like I said, an announcement actually officially coming here very, very soon as I get to the now details of the thing that is definitively mm. happening. Mm. We get you, to see your you, beautiful face. Well, you get to see my face. And so we will uh, we'll go ahead and end it here as I now frantically try to lose weight. James Harden, get at me. I got to play myself in a shape. How long, how long do you have officially? <laughs> like, probably like two weeks. I have two oh. weeks to lose two chins. So one mm. chin a week, I a think. A chin a week is okay. You know, do you some know, is this Is this, are we going to see you like I see you now from like chest up? How are we going to like? I'm trying to both zoom out and zoom in at the same time. I have no idea what you mean. Well, it doesn't exist, right? Because like you'd want to be zoomed out to where you can't see like the bags under my eyes, but you sure. want to zoom, you want to zoom in so that you can only right. see like from my right, chin right, up, right, right, my single right. chin up. So what you're telling me is HD is doing you no favors. My God, good lord! I literally Googled men's makeup. The other day. <laughs> hey, look! Hey, look! I, I, actually, I don't think True wears any, but. Generally, generally, uh, most TV. people, do, like, yeah, yeah, news guy anchors and guys on TV. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with it. That's a thing. Well, I'll find you idea. a foundation. Let's get it. <laughs> it was sealer. Like, are you <laughs> Jen said apparently there's like, yeah, like a sealer. I was like, isn't that for painting? Like, it's no, <laughs> concealer. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's, there's like primer. Primer was the term oh, yeah, there is primer. Yeah, yeah, there is yeah. primer. Yeah, I yeah. thought. Are we putting drywall on my face? Like, what's going on? I mean, <laughs> good. Is that we off could. the table? I'm just going to do the Squid Games thing and put a circle around my face. Yeah, <laughs> just... you're, you're just going to be a PlayStation button. <laughs> All right, y'all. Until next week, that was Aaron Larsoul. I'm Anthony Irwin, and this was The Hook.